I'll, I'll transition to my message now, but it all, it, it all does tie in that most of us in our Christian life, we're, um, we're very self-focused. Like the reason that most of us are here today is we want to know what's in it for me. You know, how, how do I become a better Christian? How can I live my life with more power and more patience and all the stuff that we read about? Because we, we want to make the gospel about ourselves. Now, it is for us, but it's not about us. It's about Jesus, and it's for us. What Jesus did for us is something that, of course, we should reflect upon. But when we don't see ourselves, when we see ourselves almost selfishly wanting it all for us. And I, I love the, the song, it was, you know, uh, Jesus have it all. Um, I think we really do need to come to that place where we're, you know, I want my life to be about you, not about me. And that's very humbling, and one of the things we, we talked about last week, and why most Christians really don't become all that Jesus wants them to be, is because we, we get stuck in our selfishness. And part, part of my problem, I, I had a revelation a few weeks ago, because we've been uh, walking through the, the Gospel of Luke, and I've... I was always taught that uh, the Bible, you're supposed to apply the Bible, right? I mean, and it's good to apply. Everybody believe that you should read your Bible and say, oh, so, you know, don't steal. Should I apply that? Not apply it. Is that about me? Jesus doesn't steal. Yep, it's about me. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't steal. Um, but when I was reading the, the gospel, I, I tried to apply, you know, it's like, what, what are we seeing about Jesus that's about me? And realizing it's not about me. It's about Jesus first. And I think one of the big issues of our life is we really have not focused on Jesus enough to see who he really is. That he's really different than us. In fact, he's completely other. You know, I mean, if Jesus knows how to love, where are you on the scale of love compared to Jesus? Jesus is a 10 in everything. Let's just put him there. Jesus is a 10. Where are we? Right? And yet we want to equate our spiritual life as like, I'm really close to Jesus. You know, I'm like, you know. And part of the problem is that we haven't seen him as fully love. We haven't seen him as fully grace. We haven't seen him as fully faithful. Right? And so, um, every time that I've, I've, I've turned the page in the, in the Gospel of Luke, I keep I realize I just have a mindset that says, this is about me and this is about giving you guys something to apply. And I keep missing Jesus in the pages. Bummer, huh? So today we're going to not miss Jesus again. Okay, last week we didn't miss him. This week we didn't miss him. But um, one of the reasons I, I wanted to talk about the, the power of God was Jesus, as he comes to this next this next phase. Uh, so in, chap- in chapter four, we, right today, we're gonna, it, it, we move from Jesus the Messiah. So Luke is writing all these things. He's like, he's like Jesus was, 
was born of a virgin, right? It's all about the Messiah because the Messiah had to be something special. Jesus had a forerunner, which, which was uh, John the Baptist, right? Jesus was baptized and God said to him, behold, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Because Luke is trying to communicate that Jesus is the Messiah, the savior of the world. And then we see Jesus defeat the devil in the, in the wilderness because he's the savior of the world. He must defeat the devil. And then we see him announce himself in chapter 4. It says this. Uh, let me see where it says. I guess I, sh I should read it. <laughs> let me just find it in my Bible. Uh, which, which is so beautiful. I'm just going to... Uh, here we go. So Jesus, when he goes to Nazareth and he announces himself as the Messiah, and this is what he says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down. The eyes of everyone were in the synagogue were fastened to him. And he began to say, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. So he announces it very clear. Luke wanted us to know all these things, that Jesus was the Savior, he was the Deliverer, he was the Messiah. And then he wanted to show us his power. And that's where we are. So last week, um, and, and I don't want us to miss this in case you, you did miss it, you weren't here last week. When Jesus was speaking about the Spirit of the Lord being upon him and because he's anointed me to preach the gospel, uh, the good news to the poor, proclaim freedom to the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, release the oppressed, and proclaim the favor of the year. He was making a statement that people would have to find themselves in this, right? How many of you feel blind? No, we, we don't a lot. No, I mean, how many feel like you're a prisoner? See, without the gospel, now most of you have received the gospel, and so you're like, no, I'm not, I'm, I am completely free. I, am, I have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Awesome, right? Uh, so, which, is, which is true. But before the gospel, the only way to access the Savior is to say, I am blind, I'm bound, I'm in trouble, I am destitute, and I need a Savior. How many of the people in Nazareth received that message. Well, last week we discovered none of them. They all said, are you kidding? I am doing fine without Jesus. Right? And that's one of, uh, the, one of the issues of, and Dean talked about being the light of the world. The problem with the world is they can't see their need for Jesus. They don't see it. And part of it is because the message has not been shared. Because, I mean, even in the American church, again, I'm talking about talking about applying the, the, the gospel, and I, I joke about it sometimes, you know, that a lot of churches, you know, it's about three easy ways to have a happy marriage and three easy ways to take care of your kids and three easy ways to, to get the kindergartners to obey the teacher and three easy ways to be a good Christian. There's no easy ways. <laughs> In fact, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to take up the cross you got, you, got, you got to come the hard way. But we've been so fed the easy American gospel way that even us, sometimes we're like, I'm doing okay without Jesus. 
In fact, Hector said, I mean, if we can live without prayer for two minutes, then we haven't gotten what we're talking about here, right? I mean, how many needs have you heard about this week? You know, maybe you're watching the news and you're like, did you hear of any needs on the news this week? Anybody watch the, you know, did you talk to any family members? Anybody have any needs? Uh, yeah, any, any, okay. And did you just fall on your knees and say, Jesus, we are destitute. We need the power of God to come and change the world. Or do we say, boy, well, I know I said I'll pray for you. I didn't. Maybe I did. Probably not. Sometimes I do. You too? We want to pray, but when we realize that it's about Jesus and not about the easy way, We'll fall on our knees and we'll say, God, without you, we have no hope. Okay? Back to humility. Because that's really where it is. We are so okay with where we are. We're strong enough. In fact, we all, we, we have the power of God. Glorious power. And yet that power is only accessed through severe humility and saying, I have nothing without Jesus. And then we come to the story. You ready? This is what it says. So Jesus, last week, they didn't receive him. At first they said, wow, what you're teaching is really cool. <laughs> this, sounds, this sounds very positive. That's a positive message. And then they decided, and then he said, you know what? You guys aren't ever going to receive this message because you think you're okay. So what'd they do? They decided they'd throw him off a cliff. Jesus didn't fly. It says that he, he, he went out from among them. Somehow or another, they got dis, distracted. So he goes to the next village, and he, he goes down to Capernaum. It's, it's a downhill ride uh, to Capernaum, and he shows up in their synagogue. And Jesus does the same thing. It says this. It says, he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. So Jesus, he does the same thing there. He announces himself. He probably even takes the same scroll and says, here's Isaiah 61. I have come that you might have life. Today this is fulfilled in your hearing. And all the people said, wow, this is amazing. Your words have authority. Now, you got to realize in that time that, that nobody would refer to themselves in the first person when they were teaching. They'd always say, you know, as, Ra- as Rabbi, you know, John says, and as Rabbi, you know, Yeshua says, uh, they wouldn't use their own, they weren't used to hearing somebody say, today in your, in your hearing, I've fulfilled this. Okay? Because they'd always refer to somebody else because, who is this guy, Jesus? Okay. So they were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. And then it says, In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice. And I'm not going to do that, but I should. It was loud. Go away! Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Yes. I know you, who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. And the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. I like that. 
All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words are these? These are, With authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Now, the question I have in my mind when I first started reading this was that Luke was trying to explain to his friends about Jesus. Because this is about Jesus, remember? It's not about the demon. It's not about the synagogue. not about the teaching. It's about Jesus, who he is. And so Jesus, uh, he'd already established, now Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one that was prophesied. He's the coming one. He is the Savior. He is the guy. And then we, it, it kind of switches, and he says, now watch this. Because he's the guy, he has power over the devil. He has power over sickness, which we'll see next week. He has power over sin. He is powerful. Isn't that good? How many need some power, the power of Jesus in your life? How many feel weak? You're like, oh, Lord, I'd love to do it, but I can't do it. He's that guy. So the first thing he does, and, and it's interesting that this is the first miracle of Luke. And the first miracle is his power over the devil. Now, how many have ever been afraid of demons or the devil? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody ever been afraid? Okay, huh? Yeah, sleep with the light on. That's right. Sleep with the light on. Get your, get your night light out just in case. Now, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, He delivers us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of His beloved Son, the kingdom of light. Okay? No one here ever has to fear the devil. Or, or any demons at all. I was thinking about this, and, and I was thinking, in, in, my, in my younger days, I used to do crazy stuff because I used to hang out with crazy Christians, and crazy Christians do crazy things. And one of the things that we used to do that was crazy was we would go up to San Francisco, and uh, we, we would just worship in the streets. I'd take my guitar out, and, and, and I'd just, get, you know, they'd say, hey, you should go down there and, and play your guitar. And so I was, I was next, uh, I, I took my guitar, and I'm like, I'm going to worship right here. And, and they said, yeah, that, that neighborhood, that's a good one to worship in. And so I went down, and, and I was right next to the strip club, and this, uh, this punk rock uh, venue. Now, it was a good place to worship, except the punk rock concert had, hadn't begun yet, and everybody was waiting outside. And there was probably, I don't know, like a like hundred, and this is back in the 80s, guys. I know some of you are you're young, you're like, punk rock, what's that? Yeah, I know, it's old stuff. Um, but the, these guys, you know, punk rockers, they were some seriously looking weird, it was, it was, a, it was an interesting crowd. And I had showed up before they started gathering because I was, I was actually in front of the strip club and didn't know about the punk rock club. So I'm, I'm over here just worshiping and preaching the gospel every, 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 after every song, like you need Jesus. You need Jesus. And so when the punk rockers showed up, they didn't like this. And they decided, we're going to start throwing things at this guy. And um, I'll, I'll never forget it. Because I'm sitting there with my guitar, and it's like, I've got, I've got a, I mean, I had, I had a crowd. I mean, it's just better than church. I was preaching the gospel. And, and they started throwing cans and bottles and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, I just kept preaching. You know, you, you guys, we, we need Jesus. We need Jesus. You know, he's the savior of the world. You need Jesus. And uh, then the door opened and everybody filed in. 
And, and I, I remember seeing the trash, and it was like, perf- uh, like a, a perfect half circle around me. It was like, there's no way that they could throw within my, the, you know, I was like, protected. And I felt very strong there in a the moment. And I, I think I've told you the story that there was one person that didn't go in the concert, and he wanted to talk to me about Jesus. And I prayed with him to receive the Lord, which was awesome. I was not afraid of the devil at all until I was driving out of San Francisco that night. And I heard the enemy want to lie to me. And he said, this is my city. (laughs) Don't come back here. Well, unfortunately... Uh, I didn't listen because I was transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And I went back there many more times and did the same crazy things because in hope that other people would come to Jesus. Now, let's get to the point. Jesus has power first in his message. It's the gospel that sets people free from the gospel, from the darkness to the light. Okay? If, if we want to see demons flee, we have to preach the gospel. And this, and it, people aren't really speaking the gospel anymore. They're like, oh, you should come to my church. It's cool. You know, we got, we got a rock and roll band better, as good as, as good as what you got down there over, over here. And it's like, no, we, this is not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus Christ. The power of the gospel is Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that, that the world needs to know. Now, I know it's not popular. Everybody wants to talk about God. It's like, I love God. But as soon as you say Jesus, you're getting a little close here. Jesus, I don't know about this Jesus guy. Okay? And so let me talk about this for just a minute because that's what he did. He stood up and he said, this is the gospel. I am the Savior and I'm the Deliverer. Now, you usually will not encounter a demon until you share the gospel. Because demons, they, they like to stay, I mean, people, people that have a, a demonic presence who do not know Jesus, they, they like to stay hidden, right? Most of the time. <laughs> well, I don't know. If you read the news lately, you're like, okay, they're out. <laughs> Maybe they're out all over the place. But it's the gospel that sets people free. And, and it's the message of the gospel. And so Jesus came with the message first. Secondly, he came in the power of his person. And I just love this, that the enemy immediately was able to see who Jesus was. The other people, they're like, I'm not sure. Who is this Jesus guy? He, think, you know, he says he's the Messiah, but the enemy knows who Jesus is. And we need, I mean, we hopefully have received the message we, see, we are seeing Jesus plainly. But people in the world cannot see Jesus. They like Jesus, what, what, they, what they pretend they have created him to know about him. is like Jesus was a nice guy. If you ask anybody, uh, do you want to be a Christian, they'll say no. But do you like Jesus? Oh, yeah, Jesus is cool. Yes? Okay, so the enemy, what does the enemy say? He says he cries out at the top of his lungs, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. 
Oh, that we would have that same humility. Could you imagine if it was a Christian saying, Jesus, we, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And then Jesus said, be quiet. The guy shut up. Why? You know, it was like, this is a great, this is great. These guys in the synagogue, look, this, this demon's saying who I am. This is cool. But he says, no, I don't want the enemy to be able to say what is true about me because what is the nature of Satan? He is a, a liar and the father of lies. He didn't want a testimony from a liar, even though it was true. He wanted the testimony of the truth from who he was. Okay. And so he said, be quiet. Jesus is powerful to break the chains of the lost. This we forget. When was the last time you actually shared about the gospel of Jesus with another person? It's been a while. Beth and I, we talk about this. It's like, in your generation, you guys used to preach. I used to go door to door. I used to, I used to get, I've been around this neighborhood. I've knocked on a bunch of doors. I had a bunch of doors slammed in my face. It's like, it's okay. You, you know. Uh, now, uh, methods are different. But sometimes you got to get out there because they might not ever come in here. We've been here for 30 years. There's thousands of people in the neighborhood never walked in. Wonder why. But do they need the gospel? They need the power of God? Every one of them is suffering right now. Every one of our neighbors is suffering right now. Guaranteed. And they don't have the hope of Jesus to rely on. So, should we share it? Okay, here's your, here's your assignment. <laughs> I always say, don't apply. <laughs> but I want, you to, I want you to say, Jesus, help me to share your message with someone this week. Jesus loves to open doors. People, people are funny how they'll ask you a question. Uh, anyway, I don't have time elaborate on all this. You know I could spend weeks and weeks and weeks on every part of this, but okay. So Jesus tells him, be quiet. I will not have the testimony of a devil. Okay. But then Jesus does this. He expresses his purpose of what he is about. Because, because the demon said, are you here to destroy us? And Jesus said, yep. In fact, that is one of the purposes of Jesus, is to destroy the works of the devil. Right? In First uh, John 3, 8 says this, The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Right? One of my favorite verses, Acts 10, 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all the oppressed who were oppressed by the devil. I think there's some people that are oppressed by the devil out there. Now, let me take a quick break and talk about some people might think that a Christian can be demon-possessed. Not possible, because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Now, 
Can a demon oppress you? Have you ever seen someone who was a Christian and, and had depression? Huh? Yes. Have they been hassled? Have they been lied to? Have they been deceived? Yes. Satan, that, that is his power now. It's in the power of a lie. And he's been doing a good job. He's been doing it through the news. <laughs> you should do this. You should do that. And you're like, uh, I don't think so. Anyway, I'm not going to digress, but I want to desperately. Because I fear that we're living in an age of lies. And God is not a God of confusion. He has given us the Holy Spirit to have discernment. He has given us the Word of God to have truth. But it's up for us to access the truth. It's not out there. You know, there's no one telling the truth out there. No one. Except those that want to share the life of Christ with us. You okay? All right, so let's get back down. Jesus had power for his purpose, and his purpose was to defeat the works of Satan. And that is part of what our mission is as well. And the way we do that is first by directing them to the message of the gospel. The best way to get delivered and saved, there's only one way, is to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, um, the second thing is that uh, as, as Hector has, has so shared with us, we need to pray for the, the strongholds to be bro- broken around us. It says that there's powers and principalities that keep people locked in from being able to see the gospel. Now, if you've received Jesus in your life, if you said, I am broken and I need a Savior, then something happened in your spirit where God revealed it to you. It's not something you can get by the natural mind. I I wish it was, because then all those good preachers that I've been talking about, they would have been able to convince you about Jesus. But the convincing of Jesus comes a different way. It comes by the Holy Spirit opening your mind and opening your heart. So I want to do this uh, kind of as a, a last thing today. I want it to be really clear about the gospel. Because I, I think when there, there's been a lot of um, three easy ways <laughs> to get saved. <laughs> and this is what the Bible says. It says, when you were dead in your sins, when you were dead in your sins, that's the first part of the gospel. It's bad news. You're dead in your sins. Now, do dead people heal themselves? Do dead people save themselves? <laughs> what do dead people do? I'm dead. When I was dead in my sins, God made me alive in Christ. He forgave us all our sins. He canceled the charge Do you know that all of us before Christ had a debt to pay? He canceled the debt that stood against us and condemned us. And he took it away, nailing it to the cross. 
Having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus came to save dead sinners. So if you're sharing the gospel with somebody today, say, friend, have you ever thought yourself as a dead sinner? And they'll say, no, I've never thought of myself as a dead sinner. (laughs) Have you ever done anything wrong? Anybody? Anybody here done anything wrong? Okay. (laughs) The minute you did the first thing wrong, you were dead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And you needed a Savior. Okay, everybody good here. Because Jesus only saves sinners. He doesn't, he doesn't deliver those that don't need him. Not those people in Galilee. Okay. Those that are willing to admit, I'm lost, I'm blind, I'm desperate, are the ones that Jesus opens to. Those that say, Jesus did this for me. Jesus paid it all. He died on a cross. He rose from the dead. And he paid for my sin. And then he's ready when we say, I want you, Lord. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, have it all. And then he comes and saves us to the uttermost. Isn't that awesome? Changed my life a bunch of years ago. I can't believe, in fact, I'm not, I'm not the person I used to be. Kind of like Scrooge. The Holy Spirit did a crazy work in my life to show me who Jesus was. And that's what this power of God is all about. He wants to show us, and I think you guys already know, but he wants to show the world. So this is my prayer. We're going to close in prayer here. Okay, let's just yeah, let's just close our eyes for a minute. First of all, before I pray, for those of you who who have known Jesus and have received him as your Lord and Savior, have you lost the joy of your salvation? Have you forgotten who you were before you knew him? and how he saved you to the uttermost. Jesus, restore the joy of our salvation, because that truly is the light that we shine to those that don't know you. And Lord, we pray that this good news of Jesus Christ that he saves and he delivers and then he brings purpose in our life to share this good word to other people. Lord, I pray that this week we would first meditate upon your goodness in the gospel, how you died on a cross for our sins and saved us to break the power of Satan in our life and in the lives of others. And then I pray, too, that you would open up a door of opportunity to share the gospel with someone this week. Leonard talks about being filled with the Spirit. 
one of the fastest ways to experience that feeling is when you share the gospel with someone. I know that every time I have said, shared Jesus with a person that didn't know him, something happened inside of me that filled me to overflowing. And I realized this is what the purpose of the filling of the Spirit was for, so that the gospel could go forth, not so that we could have an experience. So I pray this week you would open those doors. We'll be waiting to see what you want to do. Lord, you're at the start of something wonderful on the earth right now, and we want to be part of it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I didn't read the last part. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. (laughs) That's my prayer, that the news about him would spread throughout the surrounding area. Do you know we live in a in a target-rich environment for the gospel. The the Barna research says that there's less than 10% of people that know Jesus in our area, which means that 9 out of 10 people that we pass on the road every day don't know Jesus. (laughs) That gives us a lot of opportunity. Now, I know some of you are like, I'm an introvert. How many introverts we got? We have an introvert church. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Okay, no, yeah, introverts don't raise their hands. Uh, you, you guys are actually extroverts because you raise your hand. Uh, but we all have that feeling. But I, I, I've told you about my friend, Eric, um, how when, so, when, his, uh, when the gospel was shared to him and God opened his eyes, he got really mad. And he said, I was on my way to hell, and no one would share this news with me. And he was mad. I mean, he might have been. He was mad. (laughs) Because we have the good news. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the power of God would be seen. So I just want to encourage you. And I know it's hard. I mean, I'm an introvert. And I used to stand on street corners and knock on doors because I had a bunch of extroverts saying, go knock on that door. I'm like, I don't want to knock on that door. (laughs) You know, it's like I'm sweating here. I don't like that kind of evangelism. Uh, But the kind of evangelism that Jesus will lead us into is by just bringing us people to pray for. You can always just, you know, it's like when people share their problems, like I'm having a problem with my hip. It's like, okay, can I pray for that? And then when you're, when you're done praying, they'll be that much more open. Prayer evangelism is always the best. Uh, it's, it's fast and furious. All right. Without further ado, God bless you. Thank you for sharing with us this morning, those online. We will see you later. The rest of us, we're going to set up a little time to have some lunch together. So God bless you. Thanks again for joining us. I hope that you will see more of Jesus this week. Amen.